Alright, here we go, and in three, two, one. Yippee-ki-yay, mother... Welcome to Yippie Kaye Mother Podcast Classic. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Hey, fantastic. Hey, holiday spirit. Yeah, we're going to continue our holiday spirit films. Um, so we'll do that first. Drew brought a doozy, which I'll let him talk about. Oh, and then nothing. we'll do a round of what you watch, you know, a little further down the road in case anybody wants to skip you this and go to what you watch or please stick through it. I mean, I don't know what our. How long people are saying uh, it's on about, these, it's about uh, eight minutes. Eight minutes. Okay. Eight well, minutes. get the, get the eight minutes in right so now. We, we should all say something in that eight minutes. Something, okay. just anything. All right. So Drew, what wonderful holiday <laughs> film did you bring to the table? Well, as I said last time, it was, it was hard to decide which holiday movie I wanted to bring. We've done a number of excellent films, uh, in prior episodes. I thought of another one I could have brought. Maybe I'll do it next year. The Long Kiss Goodnight, another Good film. festive yep. Yep. Uh, Rennie Harlan holiday film. But I picked a movie um, that John has already bailed on. Yeah, uh, what's called on. Eyes Wide Shut, which is Stanley Kubrick's last film. It is uh, maybe not the traditional Hollywood movie that you would think of. Oh, I thought you were going to uh, say not your traditional Christmas movie that you would think of. Well, I it's, thought it was more of a it, Hanukkah film. It's well, I mean, it it does have a kind of religious zealotry to its appear to its discussion of sex, and the Maccabees were super religious zealots. So I I see how you could get there. Although this movie could have benefited from more oil in the orgy scene, I guess. Yeah. But the the movie is it's a lot of things. It's also not a lot of things because it's a movie that came out in 1999 and it came freighted with all this baggage. It's Stanley Kubrick's last movie. And was it really his last movie because he died after he locked the picture, but before he did the sound. And is it really his last movie because he was working on AI with Steven Spielberg and all this other stuff. And what it is, is it's an adaptation of um, a, a, a short Austrian novel about a couple wrestling with um, sex in their marriage. And he took it and blew it up to into a giant movie with two giant Hollywood stars. And for some specific reasons, I think, uh, he said it in New York at Christmas. And this entire movie, this whole story, this odyssey of this couple and Tom Cruise's odyssey into these dark corners of New York City, if it wasn't at Christmas, the whole movie would look different. You know, Kubrick likes to light things with natural light. So he had Larry Smith, his director of photography, lighting this whole movie with literally with Christmas lights. So when you see that giant wall at uh, Sidney Pollock's party at the beginning, that staircase with that curtain of lights filling the room, I mean, that isn't the kind of thing you would just see on some Sunday in April type of thing. So I was really sort of, I hadn't seen it in a long time. I saw it with my dad in the theater, as I mentioned. It's a good family film. Oh my God. And now that I've seen it, Again, uh, I myself, I was, I'm now exactly twice the age I was when I first saw it. And I've been married for 18 years. So I bring a very different perspective to what the movie's about and what it says about marriage and all these other things. And it's the kind of movie, you know, people have been writing and talking about it for many years. And what Chris mentioned last time, I think you said you were excited because you're a big fan of the movie. And I think it is, it is getting what you say it's getting, which is a genuine reappraisal, mm -hmm. um, just as a movie itself. And it's always fun to see, you know, when, when movies come out of the past and they get a, a fresh look at it, like I'm sure Clute is coming at any moment, followed by the ninth configuration. And I'm looking forward to both of those. <laughs> well, what but, about one from the heart? 
We re- but, yeah, that's that's never going to happen. But um, we already reconsidered it, and I think we said the last word on it. But I, I am, I, it's, it's so many, it's so many different things to talk about with the movie. I, I believe I have some specific thoughts as to why I think it's a, a Christmas movie. But I don't know if you guys have ever seen it before. Maybe you haven't seen it in twenty years. So I wanted to get your thoughts on it as, as a movie, and as I, as I presume a less than, not deliberately so on my part. I've, I've always thought of it as a Christmas movie. But I never really thought about it, so I said I'm going to bring this to the show. What did you guys think of it as well, a holiday choice? Well, before we do that, choice? I'd rather talk about why you thought it might be a Christmas film. I'd or, like to hear that too, or appropriate <laughs> to bring up as a a film because the thrust of this stuff. And I'm not. I, 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 what do you I, mean by thrust? Okay, you guys. I do want to <laughs> talk about the film. Definitely, I I mm. enjoyed the film. But I do also want to bring up, like, okay, how does this fit this profile of a Christmas film? And is it because every shot has a Christmas light in it? Um, is it, is it, well, th- does Christmas have anything to do, I guess, for the reason for the film? Is, is Christmas yes. an important element? You, you said without it, that, it's a different film. It, so it obviously is. It, uh, it is, it is visually, as I said, it is visually for sure. Right. The original, the novel is, is set in, um, in Vienna during Mardi Gras and it's okay. about a Jewish couple and uh Kubrick said I want to make like really sort of a vanilla American couple played by movie stars. So you've got the two the arguably at the time the biggest movie star couple in the world in this uh in this movie. It's and also Tom Cruise has done vanilla sky so that fit right into that too. I go. wouldn't call but these two I'll, vanilla. Would you call them no, vanilla? No, but that, that's what he was saying. Like yeah. I don't I I don't want to find some unknown I want like the biggest, most mainstream, um, you know, movie star couple, like a real couple he wanted, which was, I don't know that that helped the film because I don't know that they have a lot of chemistry uh, on screen like that. That's but, and they're actually married, which is interesting. Right. They, they were actually they married. Yeah. Uh, the reason I think this is a, is a Christmas movie is because, you know, Kubrick is one of these people that everything that he does is very deliberate. Mm-hmm. To the point where there's a whole world of people who have written uh, stories and books and made documentaries about what's really going on in his movies. I admit, when I had the choice, I would move to a new uh, desk at my office, and I could choose a cube, uh, two forty-five or two thirty-seven, and I chose two thirty-seven because that's the room you're not supposed to go to at the Overlook in The Shining. And Room Two Thirty Seven is a documentary about all the stuff that people see in that movie, The Shining, about the moon landing and what it really means, and all this other nonsense. And one of the stores he walks by is Two Thirty Seven. Right. I mean, I, I think so, you yeah. can hunt can through the movie to find things that are genuine Easter eggs, and you can right. hunt through the movie to find things and draw connections and conspiracies and and whatever. I think that the movie is as as a Christmas movie. I mean, he consciously said it in at Christmas. He said it. Uh, in New York City, which is like one of the world's great sort of imagine Christmas in the the greatest Christmas experience ever. You're going to end up in one of the great cities of the world, like a New York or Paris. It's not in you know, uh, you know Boston or someplace that nobody knows anything about. And I think it's also interesting because he made the whole movie in Pinewood Studios in London. He's afraid to fly. He didn't go to uh, America to shoot this. So right, it's, it's not it's only... It's a stylized version of New York. Right. It's Kubrick's version of of New York Christmas. It's all on stages It's uh, or rear projection, like literally Tom Cruise on a treadmill with a, a, a rear projection of the sidewalk movie behind him. But to me, uh, it's not just the, the location of it. 
the structure of the movie, the way that the movie is telling a story is the same kind of story that It's a Wonderful Life and Christmas Carol and other movies are saying, which is, this is the way the world is. This is the way the world could be without you. This is the way the world could be if you made different choices. Because the whole movie is Tom Cruise is driven out into the night by concerns about his wife fantasizing about another guy. She never slept with him. She never touched him, but he can imagine them having sex because she said, yeah, I would have done that. So he's driven out into the night. And in the night, he has this whole like after hours kind of odyssey where he meets, uh, you know, an old friend and ends up, you know, uh, I've got to buy a costume from a guy who, um, you know, his, his 14 year old daughter wants to have sex with me and a hooker picks me up and I don't have sex with her and I end up at an orgy and my life is in danger and all this kind of stuff. And then the next day he retraces his steps. And he goes back and he finds out, like, he may have gotten people killed. He may have himself have been killed. Uh, he may have gotten HIV. Like, all these different things in his life would have been different if he had made different choices. Because what he definitely did was get way in over his head. And instead of it being the end of It's a Wonderful Life, where Jimmy Stewart realizes, like, oh, my God, my life is really wonderful. And, and people love me and people would miss me. Tom Cruise's character, Dr. Harford, everything comes down to... Uh, I love my wife and we got to figure this out. So he has something that he comes home to that it anchors it to. And Christmas is a holiday of birth and renewal and all these different things, whether it's the birth, uh, the birth of the baby Jesus, whether it's the renewal of the new year, all these things like the movie very, I think naturally without any kind of, you know, you have to find out this Easter egg and this person played that and blah, blah, blah kind of stuff, which can be fun. I think the movie really fits that structure that a lot of holidays have. I mean, it's not, the same tone as Bill Murray Scrooged or something, but it is about what's the real world like? What would the like world be like if I made different choices? And that fits right into Christmas movie conditions and uh, traditions. And I think, frankly, that's got to be some level of conscious on Kubrick's part. Otherwise, why did he move it from Vienna? Why did he move it to Christmas? Why did he tell the story the way that he told the story? Well, every choice he makes, he's making for his own, you know, detailed reasons. But I right. still. Everybody does. He's I, more thoughtful. Than when I think of Eyes Wide Shut, I absolutely understand why Christmas is is such a big part of the film. But I never ever think of this as a Christmas film. It takes it, it, it takes place at Christmas. Right. That's how I think of it. And and so it's 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 an interesting pick, which I enjoy because I like talking about the film. And like I said, I enjoyed the film. Um, but I just want to hear other people's thoughts well, on. I think that uh, I, when I first saw this film, when did it come out? 99. 99. 1999. Yep. So I, I was, I, I, I just remember thinking, um, this, this is an awful film. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so full of debauchery and, and, um, you know, stuff, uh, in my, in my upbringing. You know, I, I would try to avoid things like that. She's from Ohio. From Ohio. Nothing um, ever goes on in Ohio like that. Well, believe it. it I don't does. know how they get Ohioans. And, and uh, you know, the the uh, purity. Uh, I don't know. The, it, I remember being shocked by this film. and But, however, seeing it now, I love this film. It is a Christian film. I mean, a Christmas film. And also, you know, to me, you know, I'm a lot more mature now and understand things. Um, you know, the gift, one of the gifts that, you know, that we have received from God is sexual pleasure. 
you know, that is like a wonderful gift. And um, in that respect, uh, it, you know, that's probably the big, that's probably the number one gift that he gave human beings. That's right. And when I think of Christmas, that's what I think of is sexual pleasure. John, John's going to have a heart attack over there. <laughs> My God. Uh, okay. Well, so what's Sean, the, what's the Sean getting baby. for Christmas? What's Sean getting yeah. for Christmas this year? Well, I, she's not I, wearing any pants. No. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, Sean. I said, he said, what are you going to wear? I said, I'm going to wear your sweater. This is Sean's sweater, of course. I snatched it from him, but Snatch. I said, and Snatch. I'm going to make Easy. <laughs> and anyway, about the movie, I really, yeah. I really love Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise in this. I think they played great roles, you know, and they were both inclined on the same night to step out on their, their marriage. And, Oddly enough, when that's when that breach is made, you know that that bond uh, when you're married, and that occurs when you step out on somebody, that's that's a demise. Most marriages can't survive that. You know that's not gonna. It's not gonna. Oh, their marriage wasn't gonna make it, even though they had that little talk in the at the at the store at the end. There's no way that that they're gonna make it. No way. But, well. Well, I think, I think Debbie's onto something just because I think Nicole Kidman's character clearly thinks that sex is okay. And Tom Cruise's character spends the entire movie trying not to have sex with people who are clearly available to have sex with him. He doesn't, he doesn't really want to have sex with the women who tempt him at the party. He doesn't want to have sex with the prostitute. He doesn't want to have sex. I don't blame him for this one. He doesn't want to have sex with Lily Sobieski. Uh, he, he wants to be, he's a voyeur like all these people at the orgy. He wants to see things, but you don't really get the impression that like he's having a good time no. at all. He's in And pain. so when, at the end of the movie, when she has her plans for their future, which involve like, you know, what we have to do soon is fuck that's boiling out of her. I don't think it's well, it's but she turned him. him down when he said forever. He used the word forever twice. Yeah. And she right. says, I don't want to talk about forever. Let's talk forever. about now. Let's go home and, um, because uh, it's Christmas Eve, and that's what we should do. And their daughter disappeared for 10 minutes yeah. while they're talking. And the yeah, theory is there's two old guys that are in there that probably snatched her away, and that's uh, that's the next movie. Well, who, you know, the the part of the film that really w was wonderful, I thought, when they went to the party initially, and it, the whole scene is uh, with her and this uh, handsome stranger. and she's Sky like, Dumont. Sky Dumont. Oh my That's gosh! You know, and name. she was. They were flirting so terribly with each other, bordering on. Yeah, yeah, just really borderline cheating on your spouse. You know, coming so close, which opened the door. I thought to his demise. You know, his his free fall into some kind of world. You know, where his his you know his well, marriage. he his world was shattered when she told the story about the Navy guy that. That right. she wanted to get ravaged. By. Women right. have sexual fantasies. So that was the whole thing. Here's what? something that I didn't do, but I wanted to. I, I would have, have if he had he actually reacts to it. Like right. that's the same as her. Doing and then he it. goes I mean, out, and he now wants to have revenge, basically, and still, but he you know. doesn't. But but he they're bouncing around like that. That scene with the daughter of the guy who died, who who throws herself right. at him and says, "There's a lot of sexual." Anyway, John, John, you got to jump in. I want to hear your thought of this. As a Christmas film, come on. Well, what, did you like the all, film? Let's talk about the film first. first. Of all, then we can I, talk I, about I've, you. I've never seen this movie. What? So when we talk about these holiday movies, whenever <laughs> we do this, um, there's always a certain feeling I get 
no matter what movie is picked, there's usually a certain feeling you get with a Christmas movie. That's why you pick a quote a Christmas movie. So when I went into this, I was like, this, this Drew has to know, you know, it, it's got to give, give you that feeling of Christmas or he wouldn't just pick a movie just to kind of, you know. So then the first scene was Nicole Kidman naked, which I said, okay, that's nice because I like Nicole Kidman. Then, then Nicole that's Kidman the was on, of the year. she was on the toilet peeing. So that was a little different. I, I wasn't that's expecting that. Thing, yeah. So then I'm thinking about Christmas movies. Then as the movie went on, um, it objectified women throughout the entire movie, which I found interesting. They called them girls the, when they were There was a 14-year-old girl who basically got uh, assaulted by two uh, Asian men and was offered up by the father to Tom Cruise. Um, oh, he is and, Tom Cruise. And you got a crumbling marriage. Um, and and I, I love Tom Cruise. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think he was very good in this movie, acting-wise. I thought he was okay. He, and I, I thought Nicole Kidman was all right. I don't think she was great either. Um, now... If we had watched this separately from a holiday movie, I probably would have looked at it differently than I'm looking at it now. Okay. So I had a little resentment of it because I wanted a holiday movie, a Christmas movie. I will say this. Uh, I think Kubrick is a genius and every frame looks like a painting. And I know that's all Kubrick. So I appreciated that. I I didn't like the movie. I thought it was stupid. Uh I understood the subtext of it all. I just I wasn't into it and I and again, I think part of the reason was because as a holiday movie, it's not like if someone said to me, um uh recommend uh Christmas movies to me that I want that Christmas feeling, you know? This is not a movie that I would ever recommend to anybody who ever wants to watch a Christmas movie. And now, it's set at Christmas time and the lighting is Christmassy, but as far as I'm concerned, it's not a Christmas movie. So I did not like it. Um, um, it, it, I just didn't like it. I didn't like it. So, and as far as a Christmas movie goes, it's not a Christmas movie. Sorry. Oh, that's how I felt about uh, it. That Chris, was my visceral Chris, reaction. Chris, uh, Chris loves this movie. I want to hear him defend it. Uh, yeah. Like I said, uh, when we, when, uh, Drew brought this up before, I, uh, I saw this in, in 99 and, um, I was obviously a much younger man, unmarried. Did you, did you watch it with my dad also? <laughs> I did not. You know what? It's funny. He and I couldn't, we couldn't get the times right, Drew. So we, <laughs> we didn't, no, um, the, but you know, and, and like I said, I walked out of this movie, uh, blown away. I, I, I thought it was a masterpiece then. Originally. Yeah. When you originally uh, saw it? Originally. Yeah. I mean, you don't understand. Like I kind of joked about this before, but for literally 20 years, I have been, uh, defending this film and I'm really happy that it's gotten a reappraisal. Um, it's now this is going to seem like a strange movie to compare it to. Uh, but I, I looked at this movie similar to, uh, Starship Troopers, which I also think is fantastic. Not as good as this movie, but Starship Troopers was a movie that came out and everybody dumped all over it. And mm-hmm. I said, no, that's a great film. You're mm-hmm. missing it completely. Um, and now it is also being, um, kind of, you know, given a second chance, people are realizing that it's, it's, well, it's so is showgirls. So is, oh, I mean, so oh, wait a minute. Whoa. Yeah, that, that's, what comparing, that's what happens. That's what happens. Robocop, no, same thing. You know, showgirls has not been, no, 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 showgirls Showgirls isn't in the same, I'm not saying the same level, no, but, but it's it looked at differently now than it was when it came out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's a really bad well, back, film. But the thing about Eyes Wide Shut that got me then and got me now, and, and, wait, can I ask a question? When did this come out? 1999. Yeah, but it came out in like, what month? It July. came out in, 
It was in the summer. Yeah, it was summer. July 19th. Yeah. Okay. Oh, a Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah, but so did It's a Wonderful Life. Die Hard came out in the summer too. That didn't come out. I was going to say this is a Christmas movie the way Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Right. Takes place. That's fair. That's fair. But the the thing that I I think about this movie is, and I thought about it then, and it still resonates with me today, is this movie captures the essential fragility of uh, people's egos, uh, specifically male egos, and the fragility of relationships. you know, obviously, uh, there's, they are at a party. They're both flirting with other people. They go back to their, uh, apartment, their wonderful apartment, their beautiful life in New York City. And they're obviously, you know, they're having a little foreplay. They're smoking a little weed. And then he says something foolish, uh, or she says something, you know, kind of, um, provocative about sleeping with those girls and he just kind of laughs it off and then he says something about men being the aggressors and things like that and then she just goes into that laughing and there's something about the laughing and it's like in your mind you know her character is laying it on thick to get to him and but you can feel it you can feel and i thought he didn't actually really laying it on thick not the character no i think that the character was laying it on thick she was exaggerating the laughing and everything purposely to make him feel small and foolish and then what happens is she probably you know what she probably did see a a naval officer that she was like wow that guy's really good looking if i weren't in this particular situation in my life i might do that i believe i believe that story but she lays it on even thicker to say that she would have left him and her and the kid in a moment and so and that and he, you know, feel, he feels that in in his head. What does that look dog like? Dog is something that never happened. A lot of background yeah, noise. Yeah, the dog is going a little crazy. <laughs> That's a Kubrick thing. Doggy style, you could say. And um, so, oh, this is. But but anyway, the point is, is that <laughs> so it sends him down the 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 spiral, you know, and you know to kind of condense things a little bit. I've you know obviously it's a beautiful film. I think he does a great job acting. I I could feel his anxiety, his anxiousness, his his desire for these other things to kind of get back at people, but yet not. Um, and there's a really kind of odd scene in there where like he runs into like these six drunk frat guys and right. they kind the, of push the him around a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And they kind of, they kind of, you know, they're, they're talking to him as if he's, you know, some super flamboyant homosexual and he's just, a man who takes care of his, no, he just takes care of his appearance. And, you know, you mentioned, you forgot one. Alan Cummings was, obviously yeah, I was going to bring that up. Um, but the idea is that, you know, he keeps going down and, you know, there's, of course, there's the orgy scene and all of that stuff. But like, I think what happens is, is it comes back to it and he, and then he wakes her up in the middle of the night and she's having that dream where in the dream, it seems like she's having a wonderful time. But in truth, she's very upset by it, but he can't see that. You know, he because he hears what he wants to hear and he sees what he wants to see. And well, I, he's I, fantasizing I, about he's he's reliving that scene over there. and over yeah, through the shoot. He's, he's having she he's she's having more sex in his dreams than he is. Well, it's like um, there's that one of my other favorite films is in, in High Fidelity, where he says, you know, no one on the planet is having better sex than his ex-girlfriend and Ian, than the sex they're having in my head. Right. You know? Right. And that's that's kind of the thing that gets there. And so when it all comes back to the end, right, and she's like, we need to go, right, it's because there is a certain truth and intimacy in that physical connection and that they kind of need to get back to that that baser 
element, you know? To and me, the line, to me, the line was, connects. the line there was not her last word, mm-hmm. but it was, we're talking about a lifetime here. Are we going to let one day be the thing that defines what this relationship is about? Mm-hmm. And that's supposedly the forgiveness that she, he should have for her. Because he even said, now you're saying dreams aren't really dreams. They could be real. But she's, he's, he's, she wants him to forgive him, her for her dream and she's going to forgive him. She doesn't care what he did. Right? She doesn't care. She just wants, let's forget about this. Let's forget about this one day and then we'll Mm -hmm. move on from it. But I guarantee you in two weeks, they're going to be back to the same thing and it's over. But in that moment, and he was asking for forever, forever. And she's like, I don't want to talk about forever. Let's talk about right now. Let's go back to the apartment and that's it. We'll do that. Right. But I mean, I think the point of her saying, let's not talk about forever is she wants something that she can mentally wrap her head around and forever does seem too big. So maybe it is, let's talk about the next two years, you know? Um, I watched a great video about how women are treated in this film and how she's actually, you know, he's the, it's, it's his, it's, he's looking at her. She's a beautiful woman. She's a mother. She does, you know, she, she's, she's, you know, it's an ideal. Women in this film are an ideal who are treated like crap. They're murdered. I mean, they murder that one woman, Mandy, because they just don't, you know, they don't care. The women Did are pushed they? aside all over the place. The Did father's, the father's question, pimping his, his, his daughter. Mm-hmm. What do you say, John? Did they, Did they, they murder, murder her? her? Wow. We She's, don't know that they did. In the morgue. He didn't own up to it. She's dead. She's Doesn't dead. Mean- oh, she died. So we assume that the cult killed her. Maybe. People died. Okay. Well, she was, we can't let everything just float in the air like it's well, no, there's no Sydney answer. Pollock, Sydney Pollock says to him explicitly in the billiard room, that's not what you saw. It was all like a setup. Which is, it's entirely possible it was staged. Mm-hmm. It's also entirely possible that he's telling him that it was staged so he'll leave it alone. But the right. point was made, which is these people are serious. Right. Like his friend, the, the pianist, Nick Nightingale, which is a great name, Todd Field, great director and actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, he disappears. And great pianist. And great pianist. And he disappears and that's the scene with alan cummings where he's describing him being taken away by these large men i read that and i say well what's the point of killing him you know put him beat him up put him on a plane back to his family he'll look over his shoulder the rest of his life he'll never ever be a problem again Mm -hmm. but if tom cruise takes from it that they roughed him up and he vanished tom cruise gets the message to leave it alone too because he didn't get the message by not showing up and then he didn't get the message by literally being handed a message through the gate that says stop asking questions. And then he went and kept asking questions. So I think part of the, the, the whole notion of dreams in the movie is what's real, what's not real. I don't think it's interesting to say like, well, when he woke up the next morning, everything that happened was a dream. It wasn't real. I just, I mean, that just feels boring to me, but as to, you know, what actually happened and then what you think happened and what you, uh, what you see kind of reminds me of um, a movie called Drisham where someone is controlling exactly what you see and why you see it. It's just uh, for a different That's purpose. Good. And good, I, th- good I think it's very interesting. Yeah. I think Great. it's very interesting Love the way that, that yeah. sex is, is used as a, a lens and as a weapon by different people in this movie. But the one thing that's really interesting, and this is why it got to be fine for my dad and I to watch this, they sold this movie as an erotic thriller. There's nothing sexy about this movie no. No. at all. And no, I didn't the fantasy know that the- scene with the, with the Navy guy and Nicole Kidman was kind of hot. 
Well, I mean, I thought the, the actual sexy scene in the movie is when he goes back to Domino's house the next day and he meets the roommate. Oh, yeah. And they just sort of start like, like, yeah. like, oh, they're sort of touching each other and let's kiss a little yeah. bit. And then she's like, wait, I got to tell you, she's got the AIDS. Yeah. So that's kind of a boner killer. But that actual, like, two But the humans, Christmas tree was in the background. Right, Christmas so that made it very Christmassy. Yeah. <laughs> but, the, but the two of them together felt like actual people feeling something. And the whole point well, of the cult thing her. is like, let's stand and stare at people having sex, which is, like that's a, a sort of an image. Well, the orgy scene was the big one. That was the that was. But it's not sexy. I know. No, I'm not I saying. I'm saying like, that. They're like saying that. When people there. went to see that movie, right. they were going to see that. And Nicole Kidman I, and Tom naked too. What I didn't know. What I didn't know though was that that this was the uncut version on Netflix. Yeah, this is the. Tr- I didn't on realize HBO that. Max. It's the. It's not the theatrical version. You, they had to cover up some of those shots by having. You know, cloaked C- people standing in front and of CGI people. Yeah, the digital people blocking the thrusting and the the oral sex of you guys didn't see the deleted sex. scene where the little girl said, "Every time mommy says the f word, an angel gets its wings." <laughs> you guys missed that. That was that to that's me brought it back to Christmas. That's because Kubrick no. doesn't have deleted scenes. He puts everything. Oh, that's in right. Movie. I forgot that was a different yeah. movie. You know, it 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 is funny though that I remember reading an article about this movie right after Kubrick had passed away. And, you know, Cruz was saying all this stuff about how I'm going to make sure this movie gets to the theater precisely the way it was. And I remember this and specifically, and I don't know if they cleaned it up a little bit for the home release versions, but I read an article in like Premiere Magazine about how there was going, there was supposedly a very um, relatively explicit sex scene for like two minutes between Nicole Kidman and Tom Yeah, I heard Cruz. that too. And I remember watching it in the film, and then there seemed to be an edit right when they're like looking at each other in, in the mirror. The mirror, and then it just seems to kind of almost rip to another another scene. And I remember thinking, was that where that that two minute scene was supposed to be? That they just decided, you know what, Could this be. is going to get an NC seventeen. We can't digitally put another person in. Yeah, you know, Do you guys to, know who he wanted to play the husband in the nineteen eighties. Because he had this Woody for, Allen. No, well, no. yes, he was no. going to have Woody yeah, Allen. They, they, were a, they were going to do a comedic version of this. Mm. Right, Harvey Keitel. No. He interviewed no, Harvey Keitel. Played Cindy Pollock's part. Oh, he was the director. Yeah. Yeah. He really? interviewed yeah. I mean, Steve Martin. Mm. Steve oh, wow. Martin. Steve Martin was on tour doing his comedy tour, and he he, he was it going to be a comedy? N- I don't know. Well, originally, yes, it was going to. He developed yeah, with Woody a, Allen. It was a comedy with Woody Allen. Yeah, stop because it was less of a like a romantic. Bedroom, haha, marriage comedy story, and became a much more serious, surreal. Well, thing. as he got older, it's classic. This seems like Kubrick's wet dream too. I mean, it does feel like it's yeah. an, an old. Well, thing. let the me tell you, Putin. Okay, well, when I uh, I wrote a um, pretty long review of this film because at the time I was when this film came out, um, I was trying to get a job as a film reviewer for some. A little publication and uh, it was interesting to read my review then which i ultimately posted on um on imdb but i gave it eight out of ten and i really liked it you know i mean i love kubrick i think of my lifetime i mean in the 60s there were still hitchcock and all working but for the bulk of my lifetime as a moviegoer i think he was the most important filmmaker hmm. out there i mean i i love kubrick and I was kind of disappointed, but um, I ultimately liked the film. It is really, it's like two different films. But the part with um, Cruz on his Odyssey 
is very creepy. You know, it goes through a whole range of emotions, but it's very creepy and suspenseful. And I think the music is very well picked. Yeah. You know, I mean, I used to use that discordant piano theme all the time. When I would cut commercials, I would always say, well, they're like, let's try some music against it. I would always use that. What were you selling? Funeral plots? What were you selling? It was just hilarious what it would do to whatever image you put it against. You know, it could be some happy-go-lucky fast food thing, and suddenly you're scared, you know. (laughs) But um, I'll tell you, so I have seen it subsequently, but close to the time, so I didn't change that much. Watching it this time, I thought the thriller stuff really worked. But I just, and like you guys are talking, I'm 20 years, I wasn't married. You know, I'm 20 years older, 23 years older, and um, I just wasn't buying it as much. But, what you know, it's sort of like, even at the time, it's sort of like he discovers that women have sexual fantasies. And right. consider, it's like, I discovered that the day I first went on. Wait, 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 wait. It wasn't just a sexual fantasy that she was relating to him. She was, but then she said, if that guy actually came on to me, I would have left with him, and I would have even foregone my daughter and you. So it wasn't just, it wasn't just a sex. She threatened him. She threatened him with, I would have left with him. I don't think it's a threat. I think it's her saying that that's how much oh, desire okay. I have. Okay, it's not a she threat. Didn't, so she, she didn't was, do it. She, she didn't say, like, she didn't say, we're, we're back at the hotel and I want you to know I, there was a sailor at the next table and I wanted him so bad. I, I mean, I might go yeah, right now. Yeah. This was something that she had already made the decision and she was being honest with him to hurt his feelings, but she was being honest right. with well, him. She was like, stoned. I, I fe- well, a little what bit. Well, it was yeah. funny because I believed her a little bit that she Trying was stoned, but they had like two hits. So everybody settled down, you know? Well, but I, I think, I think that the, the, the way that the movie, it's hard sometimes to look at the movie and say, does the movie think this about female desire or does Dr. Harford think this about female desire? I just thought he was an awfully naive character. Oh my God. Yeah. But here's the thing. Here's what I didn't like about the film. Now I read, reread my review and my opinion of Cruz was, is that he was over his head in this film, that this was not a good film for him, but I thought it played well because his character is over his head. Right. I don't think he was conveying that as an actor. I don't think he knew he was, he could act it. You know what I mean? I just don't think as an actor, he had the depth. This is not his kind of movie. But I thought ultimately, you know, maybe Kubrick picked the right guy. You know what I mean? I mean, Kubrick has often put uninvolving leads. I mean, look at Ryan O'Neill in, um, Barry Lyndon. Sure. You know, but I mean, Tom Cruise is a better actor than Ryan O'Neill. But to me, you know, he did a good job. You know, I thought Cruise, ultimately, his weakness was his strength in this movie. And I liked Nicole Kidman, too, because I thought she was very free sexually. You know, she didn't mind being nude. She was definitely a counterweight to him. But watching it now, I liked almost the entire movie more than I liked it the first time, except the scenes that they were in together. Like, you know, there's a rule in screenwriting, and this film bears it out. Don't let a scene, a scene, particularly a dialogue scene, go more than three pages. But I thought that that scene, the pot smoking 
insulting him scene was terrible. You know, I just, I didn't buy it. Oh, that's so he odd because to, about something else. She, she's married. I know, married. but they could have. She, he could have left the toilet seat. It up. didn't have to be eight minutes long. But when you're having a fight with your spouse, when you're having a fight like that, and especially if you, you, whether it's two hits or five hits, whatever, they're a little buzzed. You're having a fight. When you know, when you have fights with someone you've been married to a long time, you repeat things over and over and over yeah, and I over. I know, but this and is you attack, you attack the thing that you know is going to hurt them. And exactly. you keep bringing it up, and they go on forever, and you're just like, "What am I doing? I got to get out of here." And I, I think, I think that was, I think that was very true. I thought that was very truthful. I was like, "Okay, now." the circus, the circus about that, the circus about having that couple play that couple. Right, that was the whole media. That's exposure. right, right. And right. It, it was supposed to give us an insight of what their marriage was really like. I hope not, because they ought to, well, What's yeah. that other? They did the Irish film too. What was that one where they go away? Far and away. Oh, another terrible movie. Right. Yeah, I've so, never seen that. You know, you're looking at this and, film uh, going, I wonder, I wonder if this is a good representation of them as a couple. That's what everybody wanted to see. And ultimately, I think they came out as plastic people. Yeah, I just, I, I thought Nicole Kidman was great in that scene with the older guy. She I was, generally thought she they were all very yeah. get, good in the scenes that they weren't together. But I thought they were stiff and affected. And that could have been Kubrick, of course. You know, because well, he made them. He made them yeah. do ninety takes. Bet, a, yeah, a shot. I bet they did. He, a, he shot for four hundred days. Yeah, forty six weeks. That would explain straight. why I mean, Tom Cruise crazy. might have been looking a little like he got an yeah. ulcer. He got an ulcer during this. Tom yeah. Cruise did. didn't it. tell Kubrick. They, well, they shortly after Kubrick. this film, they divorced, right? Well, she know. screwed some sailor right after. <laughs> yeah. what were you say, she thought about screwing some sailor. No, Santa Claus. It was Santa yeah. Claus. She told him about because there's a Christmas film. So she said, "I Let's wanted to bang Santa Claus." Yeah, and all those reindeer. I saw mommy effing Santa. Chris, uh, Chris, what do you want to say, Chris? Oh no, I was just going to say, you know, it's 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 funny because um, you know you talk about the time that it took. I remember also reading probably in the same article about how, you know, that this took up so much of Cruz's time that he basically missed. When he should have been like, because it took <coughs> put out a movie for like three years because yeah. of this film, right? And that essentially they were like, he should have been off shooting Mission Impossible Part Two, you know, long long before he actually ended up shooting it. Because one of the things the way Kubrick works is he owned everything. He owned right. his cameras. He owned his sound equipment. Right. So literally, they said that there would be times where the two he would literally sit and talk with them for weeks about their character. You know, he's like, hey, we don't have to shoot anything. It's my money. It's my cameras. We're going to do it my and he way. He moved them to London. They lived there yeah, for four they years. Lived they signed, they signed an open-ended contract. Yeah. Like they signed yeah. on for that. So He yeah. put them in marriage counseling as part of the <laughs> preparation the for the I mean, thing. I mean, and you know, it, it's one of those things that kind of reminds me, and Steven Soderbergh started doing this later in his career, where he would take people who had um, a real-world experience in something, in this case, you know, Kubrick's taking a real married couple and putting them in this situation. Well, Soderbergh did that with um, so a like movie bubble. I really liked called Haywire, yeah. uh, where he oh, took God, I love Haywire. Yeah. Yeah. He was a woman who could probably beat up all of us yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Um, who, you know, you put her on screen and she's really kicking ass. And you're like, well, that's probably because she really could do that. And then he also did that um, with the girlfriend experience. The girlfriend. The girlfriend with Sasha Gray. Right. Who was a porn actress. Uh, an adult film actress. Yeah. Anyway, but. Um, but just but, but again, that's again, that's kind of a trick. It's a bit of a trick to do that. Yeah. Now, Sonnenberg yeah. gets them to act pretty well. They're natural. They're doing their thing. But it's a trick. He also surrounds them with excellent actors. Right. And I think right. I think 
if you really look at this film, it was a trick to put them in the in the lead. And, it was a trick, and it was, was and it was gimmick. that was yeah. going to be the one selling point. And then when you find out it's an erotic thriller and there's a big orgy scene, that was the other thing. No, the the, the, the big take was uh, Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise are going to have sex on camera. Right. That's how they sold it in the yeah, beginning for Christmas. And it, yeah, and it right. turned it for Christmas, for Christmas. Oh, as yeah. our Christmas All right. gift. Christmas All right. in July. Okay, we <laughs> need to do a round of what you watch, which nobody's going to be watching well, anyway. Me, but hey, hold on, one thing. Go there's ahead. one thing I want to say. I think it's. I think you know, like, like any of us, there there are movies that you have certain memories associated with when you watch them, how you watch them, that sort of stuff. Like I watched that awful sequel to the movie Three Hundred. It's a terrible movie, but it's got this really super hot scene with Ava Green um, uh, and and you the love guy. <laughs> I love her, but I watched it on an airplane. Uh, I was uncut on the seat in front of me, and the twelve-year-old kid next to me was watching it as well. So that's like always a special memory. <laughs> but Kelly has a special memory of this movie. I don't know if you recall, Sean, but you and she watched this movie together on the Acela back from New York from one of your many uh, shoots or, and and projects. On your phone without headphones, and, and, the, uh, and not miracle. in the quiet car. Yeah. So she, as I said, not we're going to watch. She goes, "Oh, ask Sean if he remembers uh, Christmas that." Christmas sure, miracle. Sure, he remembers that. Very special experience. Oh, wow. Very. Well, right. he was, I got to tell you, you know, he 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 was crazy about your wife, right? Everyone is. Everyone is. Oh. I get it. Oh. Wow. Okay. All right. That's this is getting weirder. Weirder. Getting weird. Yeah, weird. Right, let's, let's, I always tell her. Sometimes I defense, just wish Sean would dress up like a. You don't sailor. have a defense. It's just a thing that happens. In my defense, I usually only went to really bad movies with Kelly. That's true. Like Pitch Black, one of the greatest so films you, of all time. So you know, are you saying this is a bad movie? All right. Let's rate it. Chris, what's the, your rating? I, I get double double yippee ki yay. Doesn't get Whoa. much better than this in my. Opinion. That's the first double in the film. Okay. In our series, Sean and Debbie. I give it a double out. Uh, good. Film. Uh, it's called Yippee Kaye or Yippee Kaye. Okay. Stay on brand. Man. I'm going to give it a boom, boom, bye. Okay. I'm going to do mine because I know oh. what Drew's going to do. And John, I say Yippee Kaye as a film, Yippee Kaye as a Christmas film. This to me is not a Christmas film. I love the film. I actually enjoyed the film quite a bit. I didn't see it when I was younger. I saw it about a month ago. And, uh, cause I had been reading up on it and, I, you know, Scorsese and uh, uh, Roger Ebert, they did a review of it way back in the day, and they both loved it. I thought the film was great. John, what's your rating? Uh, as a movie, I give it a yippee ki As a Christmas movie, I give it a double, double, double yippee ki wow. Avoid this movie at all costs if you care about Christmas at all. John, I'm concerned that your testicles are two sizes too small now. <laughs> <laughs> there one, Mr. Grinch. Mr. Grinch. <laughs> All right, Drew, what's your rating? I think I know. But uh, I would say I think Yippie Kaye, it's, it's a fine film. I don't bring, uh, again, I didn't grow up celebrating Christmas, so I don't have a specific no, that's a good uh, thing that I, that a, I have you know, to bring to a Christmas movie. Like To me, saying Die Hard is a Christmas movie isn't just because it's set at Christmas. I think there's a lot about a guy trying to reconcile his his family and his marriage and, and all that kind of stuff that you can read into it, but I don't watch Die Hard because it's a Christmas right. movie. And so uh, I've seen this movie now three times in 20 years, and I think that's enough. It's a fine film. I don't need to watch it again. And honestly, I'm more likely to watch The Great Escape every Christmas for some you know, reason. I, you know, in a than, way, uh, in a way, Escape. I apologize because I forget that you wouldn't have watched all these, these 
Christmas films growing up. I've, I have watched a lot of them, but I, I didn't but watch. It's they, a, I didn't like. I didn't decide I'm not going to watch. It's a Wonderful right. Life. But John said you really should watch this. Yeah. It's special. Right behind. And I trusted him, and I watched it, and it was special. And he trusted me, and I'm sorry he didn't have as good of an experience. <laughs> but I'm still glad that I you actually it. don't think he trusted you on this one. I'll be honest. No, I, I, don't I think had so. no. I, I had a pretty it. good idea where this movie was going. Right. So you know, but it. I had never seen it. So. All right, let's quickly, and I mean quickly, do a round of what you watch. That means one each. That means Sean and Debbie, your square gets one. So we're going to start with Sean and Debbie. We watch uh, Stutz. 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 uh, It is a documentary with um, Jonah Hill Hill and and his therapist. He doesn't say he's a psychiatrist, but I love Jonah Hill. I I didn't particularly think he was very uh, good of an actor, but... This made me love him as a human being, like nobody's business. And is it a mockumentary or is it a true documentary? True documentary, true documentary. and he, they really expose a lot of themselves, and that's what it's beautiful the way they yeah. care about I'm their lives. I'm glad you guys liked it. I loved yeah. it, and and yeah. if you if you can watch, it was anybody, better than Bullet Train. <laughs> if anybody could watch it, it's you you feel like so much better after watching it. You know, you just it opens up your heart to this love and what they both were talking about this pure love is is like so powerful you know and that's what we all i think for this holiday season that's what we're all searching for is that that deep penetrating love you know that really yeah. eyes wide shut penetrating exactly. love. yeah i got you that, all right that's theory, but, but yeah. that's part of it okay you know? Stucks. where is that hbl where is that on Netflix. Netflix, and it's only ninety minutes, so it's not like a drama. Oh, the whole thing is ninety minutes. It's, it's like a, it's oh. like a chain of pearls. Yes, or a pearl necklace. It's beautiful. Okay, it, it really is. Right, that's thing. Christmas spirit right there, Chris. What'd you watch? Um, I actually went to two movies this weekend. Yeah, so pick one. I'll, pick one. I'll be. I got to do both. Oh be, man. I went to see Strange World with my kids on Friday night. We had a great time. Um, oh, really enjoyed it. I'll say this. One of the reasons why I think it kind of bombed is, A, they didn't put any money behind it. And, two, it is really weird. Like, I mean, <laughs> it starts off strange, and it just keeps getting weirder and weirder. And it has, like, three levels of weird to it, or maybe even four. Um, but fun. It's, you know, and, of course, it's going to be on Disney Plus in, like, two weeks, if that. Um, and then I also went to see Empire of Light, uh, oh. the new Sam Mendes film about a movie theater and the people who work there. It is uh, shot by Roger Deakins, who is an Oscar-winning cinematographer, so it's absolutely gorgeous. It takes place on a... Uh, British coastal city, like a, like a British southern coastal city, um, in the early eighties. It is, uh, gorgeous. Um, uh, Olivia Coleman's in it. She plays a woman who has, uh, some, uh, mental health issues, probably, probably bipolar, I guess. I'm not a therapist. Go on. They never mention specifically, uh, but it's really sweet and it's kind and it's, uh, it's really interesting and it's, it feels very realistic. I don't have a lot of, um, you know, experience with, with that kind of stuff, but, uh, great performances all the way through. I was a little surprised. I thought there would be more because it's set in a theater. Uh, I, I thought there would be more, uh, Hey, the magic of the movies moments. Like, you know, um, there are a few provided by, uh, projectionist Toby Jones, uh, who plays a ah, projectionist. He's, the he's best. fantastic. Um, uh, it was really solid though. I, I, I do recommend it as well. Excellent. Uh, John, uh, okay. I saw bullet train. Okay. That Sean didn't like. I think if you shut off half your brain, mm-hmm. uh, 
Good. I liked it. It was uh, kind of a, a anime, Japanese anime live action movie with Brad Pitt. Um, great cast in it. Very fast moving. It was a little confusing at the beginning, but uh, I actually liked it. Uh, uh, so if you get a chance, it was I think it was two hours long, but it was, Brad Pitt was very funny and he does all he does ninety percent of his stunts and there's a lot of stunts in the movie. So get a chance to check it out. I was just kind of sick of the sort of. Tarantino-esque. Well, it definitely was Tarantino-esque. That's for yeah. sure. But it's, I still liked it. Yeah. Was it more Tarantino or more John Wick? Because yeah. I mean, uh, the John Wick part kind of sells The fighting it. was Was John it directed Wick. by the John Wick director? Yeah. Or pro- was it a stunt the fighting was definitely John Wick. Stunt um, but the way they, the way the, uh, everyone in the cast intertwines, they start off not knowing each other and they okay. all intertwine. That's, that's gotcha. the Tarantino gotcha. thing. But yeah, I liked it. Okay. And it was all shot, all shot in Los Angeles. The whole thing was shot in Los Angeles, which is the funniest thing about it. Nice. Crazy. Uh, Drew. So, uh, it wouldn't be an episode of Yubikaye Classic if we didn't talk about dead people. And, uh, one of my favorite composers just died, age 85, I think, Angelo Badalamenti. He did all of the music for David Lynch's movies and TV series, the Twin Peaks theme and, Blue Velvet and all this stuff. He's really uh, a wonderful composer. He did a really beautiful score for the straight story, which was that Richard Farnsworth oh, he drives the movie tractor. that David Lynch did. That's a, an actual G-rated Disney movie by David yeah. Lynch that's wow. also wonderful, and the score is a big part of that. So if you're not familiar with Angelo Badalamenti's work, um, first of all, you probably are, and also it's worth checking it out. So um, I, I watched a, a documentary that I hadn't seen for some time. As you know, I like to share movies with people that I think they'll enjoy it. So we watched The King of Kong, uh, Fistful of Quarters about the battle for the Donkey oh, Kong yeah. World Record. Yeah. It's still a wonderful, wonderful yeah. movie and makes me want to go and look up and what is that fucking asshole Billy Mitchell up to now? Didn't they determine watched, that he faked that he, that he was a fraud? There, there was some, there was some fakery, but I mean, it, they've been trading it back and forth, Steve Weeby and, and Billy Mitchell and other people. And it's just, it's a whole world. And I love that kind of documentary anyway, because where am I going to like learn about that? And yeah. then look, it's just really, it's great stuff. But Kelly and I watched the movie. Uh, we missed it in the theater because it was only out for about five minutes. And then it showed up on Peacock. And uh, I love the guy who wrote it and stars in it. I thought it would be good. It was actually really, really good. We watched Bros, which is Billy mm. Eichner's uh, gay yeah. romantic comedy. The first, it's pitched as the first like studio released gay romantic comedy. And it's wonderful. If you like romantic comedies, this is a really, really and it was a good complete romantic bomb. comedy. Bomb. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't find it didn't find an audience, which right. is really. And I like Billy Eichner. I like Billy he's, Eichner, he's but I think this and made guy, a lot of people super uncomfortable. Well, it has a lot of. Uh, like if you picture a romantic comedy that has sexually explicit scenes, that's what it is in right. the movie. Except it's two men or right. three men, or four like men, today. whatever. I think this was it's a miss. A, I don't know how they it's, thought it's way it's way sexier than um and and more almost human real than Eyes Wide Shut, but they, okay. it's a totally different. Right. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, I think they really thought that people would accept this out there in the world, and I think they miscalculated. I think this. Well, yeah, I mean, America is still a puritanical. Um, Listen, I am know, not at all, but I think I would be uncomfortable with probably. And I haven't seen it. Maybe I'll see it. I don't know, but I just I don't know if it's. It's a, not. It's, it's not your fault. I mean, you're old and white, and it, it makes okay. you uncomfortable. Okay. I get it. It's the holiday season. Let's be nice. All right, so I'll tell you what I watched, although you just just did. I'm not going to count the the composer, but you did do do two films there. Are you going to stick to one movie, Ralph? I'm going to do one film. come back and do another one. I did a holiday film. You guys are going to laugh, but I watched Spirited on Apple+. Plus. Oh, okay. I want to know what you thought about it. I loved it. I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. 
It's a take on a Christmas Carol. You guys yeah. know the story. Will Ferrell yeah. plays the uh, ghost of Christmas present. Ryan Reynolds plays the guy he's going to haunt. And it's a, it's, it's a it's a musical. It's a full blown musical. <laughs> and wait for the credits because the music that that Will Ferrell, the song he sings at the end in the credits, is just insanely great. It's just they just went for it. They went for it. There's no like. There's tap dancers. There's there's people dancing all different styles. It's a blast. I talked to I talked to some people who absolutely hated it. I was going in completely cynical, but I wanted to give it a shot, and I'm glad I did. I love Ryan Reynolds, and I love so Will Farrell. I. I guess I'll, Octavia I'll Spencer's in there plays Will Farrell's love interest. She's fantastic. I, I am shocked. It's Can it's we a blast. See it on Apple? It's it Apple. Any- it's on Apple Plus. Yeah, it's on Apple. Yeah. Anything else? Nope. That's it. It's streaming. It was in the movie theater for about a week. Yeah, and then they started streaming. It might still be in the movie theaters, actually. We gotta go there. I mean, listen, I'm not a musical guy, so I'm not quite sure if it if actually it's good music. But it was. Ralph, it did was, they just walk into a room and start singing? They some of them. <laughs> I did. mean, that's ridiculous. Some of them did. I, I Ryan Reynolds. That. Ryan Reynolds does this thing at the beginning where he turns uh, people who want fake Christmas trees are the enemy of the country, and because he's <laughs> he's trying to sell to people who sell Christmas real Christmas trees. And you know, you know, it's Rhino Reynolds doing Rhino Reynolds. There's right. no question. He's and and Sam. There's some funny. What's int- what's his name? Ryan Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. He was. It didn't quite come out that way, Drew. But what did I say? What did I say? You made him really, really like Irish. Reynolds. It's like R and R. It's kind of like Ryan that, Reynolds. Okay. You know who I'm talking about? Ryan yeah. Reynolds. I'm never Jesus. sure. I'm never okay, sure. Deadpool. It's the guy who plays Deadpool. Oh, Ryan Reynolds. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Ryan and Reynolds. Hey. Hey. <laughs> I think it's fun. It's fun. That's all. John, I'll you should check it out. I think it's I fun. will. I will. You'll probably hate it, maybe, but just I love musicals, stick through to the credits. The credits. The, why don't I just watch the credits? And it's I'll it's watch the rest so of the great. Movie. The, the credits song is. Yeah, all right. Chevy Chase. What's that? He's the new Chevy Chase. Who, Ryan Reynolds? No. Yeah. Oh, my God. Don't say that. I did. No. I agree with that totally. All right. Now let's spin for the next person. This will be interesting. You know, Debbie had this dream she told me about yesterday. <laughs> we were in a hotel in um, Cape Cod and Ryan okay. Reynolds. I'm doing this. This is our Christmas. This is our Christmas theme show. Here comes this, the spin, least, right? I just want to make sure. You guys keep talking. We'll Holy keep talking. crap! Spin the wheel, baby. Oh, hey! <laughs> boy. Oh boy! Now. You're going to clear the palette? What are you going to do? What are we going to see? I think your film well, is going to be worse. I've been debating. Blonde Emmanuel. If, if I got picked, I've been debating. But after watching Eyes Wide Shut, I think I've made my decision. I'm going to go with the original Miracle on 34th Street. <sighs> Make sure you watch the original. What's the original? How, how do Natalie we know? What's Wood. the difference? Uh, it came out before the there's remake. been three of them made. This is the it first one. Ralph. It is colorized if you want to watch a color version. I don't care if you watch that one, but I want you to watch the original one. Can we stream it somewhere? Yeah, yeah. It's on TCM. It's on, uh, you can probably get it on Netflix. HBO uh, Max. I suppose. Right. It's, it's, for I me, look, it, it's a corny, it's a corny movie. I'm telling you up front, but for me, it's one of those movies that when it's over, you get that Christmas feeling. That's why I like oh Christmas God. movies. Oh so my it's God. on, it's on, especially it's on. when he visits the dead prostitute okay. in the morgue. Okay. It's on. Guys, it's on Prime, Disney Plus, Peacock, and AMC. Plenty okay, places perfect. To I, I have, I'm having a problem here. What? Are we running out of Christmas films by the time this is over? Because it is like two more weeks. Yeah. Can I can I choose it? And like after Christmas, can and it, my name comes up? Can I choose a Christmas? No. 
You can choose whatever you can choose movie you want. Debbie, 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 you, you can if choose any movie you want. That's right. If your spin comes up and you want to do a Christmas film, just don't do When Harry Met Sally. I already did that. Okay. Yeah, when your name comes up, if we're in July and your name comes up and you want to do a Christmas film, all yours. Like Die Hard 2? Okay. Yeah. a lethal weapon? Oh, it's, oh my gosh. Kiss, I'll Kiss, Bang, you. Bang? No. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's the a nice guy. It's the new Scrooge. Bill Murray the Scrooge? New Scrooge? Oh my God. No. Which one? It's an animated Scrooge. Animated Scrooge. Scrooge. Oh, the, you're not talking about the one, the musical. The one with Luke Evans as Scrooge, the animated one? It's a new Scrooge. It just came out. It's yeah. He's got it all. Yeah, okay, well, I just saw it. I saw it. Uh-huh. John, do you want to change your pick and do the new no, Scrooge? No, I do not. Okay. John, I do not. What's the matter? With I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I watched it. I dare say. Oh, then I, you're going to hate Spirited. You know what, uh, John? I have to say, we're no longer married in the hall. <laughs> I tried. Because, you know, I love I, I love A Christmas Carol. I love almost any version of it. And I'll tell you, Luke Evans has got a beautiful voice. I but I just, you. it's too, it's too, uh, they change too many things in it. I, that's what I didn't like about it. John, look at my head bobbling back and forth. I know. I'm just telling you. I watched it. I can't believe you picked that one. That is not weird at all. Did you guys watch the Christmas Carol sketch from the last Saturday Night Live with uh, Mm -hmm. Steve? It was fantastic. It was delightful. It was a little bloodier than you might expect. It was checked out on YouTube. You know what was even better in that show? The weekend update where the couple did the he can only have sex with her when she she does does voices. Oh well, she did Scarlett Johansson to, to Colin, <laughs> to Colin Jones. It was hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope you enjoy the holiday. Happy holiday. But that uh, that uh, Steve Martin and uh, uh, what's Martin, his name? Martin, Martin, Martin Short, Martin Short yeah, doing Martin Short. the Christmas Short. Carol was great. I'll have to check it out. I, I didn't. I don't watch Shining Light yeah, anymore, so I'll check good. that out. It's on, I'm sure it's on YouTube. This episode yeah. it redeemed itself. Oh, good. Every All right. Saturday, we watch the show, and we say, maybe it's going to be good Well, news. you know, you got Steve Martin and uh, Martin Short on there. It's just, you can't. Uh, you can't does it, is it still only good for half an hour, then it sucks the rest? This no, one was pretty no, good throughout. This one was consistent. Right. And I'll the update, you got to watch the update. These two Wisconsin people talk about how they're how they spice up their marriage. <laughs> it's, it's funny. They talk it's dirty really to funny. each other. Really good. Yeah. All right, watch. guys. All right. Have a All safe right. week. Excellent show. Thank uh, you. How long is hey, uh, a Miracle on 34th Street? Is that it's probably ninety minutes. 80, two 90, hours and twenty hours. minutes. No. Two hours and twenty minutes. No, that the nineteen forty-seven version with Natalie Wood is two hours and twenty minutes. Oh I'm shocked. It's like an Indian oh, would never have guessed that. Oh my goodness! You know why? Drew, it just flies no by when I watch it. I mean, it doesn't have to feel like two hours and yeah. twenty minutes. Yeah, no, it definitely doesn't. I like the. Was it the remake had Richard Attenborough? Yes. I got disappointed because I thought there'd be dinosaurs at the end, and there weren't. So. <laughs> it was all, all right. right. It, this one's got more heart. Again. Have a good week. We'll see you next week. That's bye good. everyone. Hey, bye. bye everyone. Thanks for watching. Subscribe, hit the like button, hit the notification button. Burn those logs. Do, do, do.